Boom! It's working. <laughs> Hi, Maurice. Thank you so much for joining me on the Beautiful Voyager podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, you and I met um, recently. I think you might have reached out because you had heard about the site, but I was really interested in your work as the CEO of Prairie Health. Can you tell us a little bit about Prairie Health and, and how you got to where you are right now? Sure. Uh, it's a pretty long story, but... Uh, Take your time, by the way. It's fine. Take your time. Whatever angle you want in, we're all open to storytelling here. Great. Well, um, to to start at the beginning for, for myself, I grew up in Nashville, uh, have always been very passionate about mental health care, um, overthinking and the clinical version of that OCD has run in my family uh, for for a while. And uh, it's always been an area of, of passion for myself. But I think the realization uh, along that along that journey was that care was just so inadequate and inefficient, uh, both in terms of stigma, access to care, quality of care, outcomes and efficacy. Really along the whole stack, it was just so difficult uh, to both access and um, and empower people with care that's effective for their body. So uh, came out to Stanford uh, for uh, for a couple of years, did my undergrad in bioengineering and grad school in computer science and saw the opportunity of how we could apply data to this problem to not only improve the accessibility of care, but then once people are in the door, how do we actually use data to enable better outcomes, reduce trial and error, find the right care, for the right individual. Um, and that's exactly what Prairie Health is about. We're a telepsychiatry platform today using data like genetics to improve the quality of mental health care. When I first got to talk to you, my eyes lit up because this is such an area that I'm interested in. And I'm. it feels like it's just at its birth. It's kind of at the beginning and you're right there with the right experience and the right credentials. And so I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about um, the challenges of matching up correctly in the past and like how that's changing, how you're hoping to change that. Yeah. I mean, the problems in the past, I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with, but it's a matter of, you know, getting in the door is a challenge. Like you go to uh, psych today, you scroll down a list of like, you know, a hundred psychiatrists and, you know, you give them a call, most go to voicemail. Uh, the ones that do pick up, you're looking at six to 12 weeks out, if not potentially even longer up to a year. Um, and then once you're in the door, it's 10 milligram escitalopram, good luck, see you in six weeks. And, you know, that's just not, that's just not a process that's very effective, especially for people, uh, especially for women, for people of color, uh, for people who aren't, uh, for whom these medications weren't designed. I mean, most of these medications, SSRIs, SNRIs, tricyclics, et cetera, were developed in the early 90s before the NIH mandated that women and people of color be included in clinical trials. So you have a situation where you have just a really ineffective medication that wasn't really built for people that actually are using these medications most today. So Maurice, can I ask a quick yeah. like intersecting question, which is, I mean, even for white men, it's still very experimental. It's, isn't it like, okay. We oh. just need to see. So I'm imagining it's even worse. And does that mean like just isn't as effective or it's, I guess what I'm saying is it's still such a scattershot 
Like totally. we're going to have you try stuff and we're going to see if it works. So um, is that even more so, or are there even more adverse effects for, for women and people of color, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you're completely right to point out that even for white men, this is still a terrible process. I mean, it's a terrible process for everyone. Uh, but I think that that's the exact point that for women and people of color, it's like even worse because standard starting dosing guidelines are like 2X or like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, and I was talking to a psychiatrist uh, who is practicing right now in Japan and we were chatting about about this very topic. And she was like, when she came to the United States, she was so surprised to find that, you know, people were prescribing these medications at about 2X the dosage that she was prescribing in Japan. Fascinating. Uh, right? Fascinating. Like, so it's just this idea of like one size fits all. We're not even going to look at your body. We're just, you're probably the same as anyone else. Exactly. And you know, I, I, a friend of mine just shared a podcast with me recently about, um, COVID vaccines. Uh, and, and, you know, just a related example, but with COVID vaccines, it was, you know, rushed through emergency authorization. It was just tested on a homogeneous population. It wasn't tested on women. And no surprise, like, where are all the major side effects? Uh, you know, they're, they're mostly with, with women. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, again, just a, another testament to the fact that it's just so important for us to be thinking about, you know, how does the research, how does the data support not just, you know, the normative groups, but how, you know, but everyone else, you know, how does it affect the other people who are seeking care? And how for you, did you have a personal experience or did someone in your family, like what really got you to unlock, like, this is the thing that needs my time? Yeah. So, I mean, as I hinted at earlier, like in my family, OCD has been, uh, and SMI has been, been something that uh, has run in my family and something that I've always cared a lot about myself. Like I, I would definitely classify myself as a overthinker. <laughs> um, and, uh, I know that that's lots of love, lots of love for that. Probably uh, another reason I liked you the second I met you. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I think especially like growing up and, and seeing, um, you know, seeing the impact of mental illness around me, I think, you know, just the question of like, how do we deliver more precise care? I think. For did you see anyone have the wrong meds? I mean, did you, were you like, this is not right. Or, or was it more, this entire industry needs help. This is an area based on my research that I feel like. Yeah. Uh, so a mixture of both, but I've seen bad medication just like time and time again, like both, you know, my family through college, through, through friends, um, it's a matter of, it's just, and, and it's happened so, so often that it's like, it's kind of mind blowing that, that would, it would happen that often. Like, I mean, it's no, the standard, right? I mean, I'm like, wow, this is so, this feels so rudimentary that it's just like, keep taking them until you find one, keep taking them when you have all these side effects just to get on them. You know, it's hard to clear out like what's actually working. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think in no other medical discipline is it, does it make sense? You know, you, you break a bone, you know, the doctor doesn't just kind of be, ah, you know, <laughs> let's see if this splint works. And if it doesn't, yeah. we're going to put a different splint on you. Yeah. Well, we'll just, you know, give it a try. Maybe it's broken. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you go to a radiologist, you get, you get an x-ray and, you know, you figure out where's the break, what does the break look like? And based on that break, how are we going to make the most appropriate treatment decision? And in psychiatry, it just doesn't work like that. It's, you know, again, it's um, once you get the courage to get in the door, you know, you got a 50, 50 chance of potentially feeling worse from terrible side effects. I know, I know it's never made any sense to me. So tell me this, how can data help? Like what, what happens exactly? How does it actually address this, this issue? Yeah. So I think it breaks down into two areas. I think measurement-based care and precision psychiatry and measurement-based care is, is kind of really broadly defined term, but I think it extends all the way from how do we better quantify the physical symptoms of mental health care uh, and, and physical symptoms people are experiencing and how do we use that to drive people's care decisions? How do we look at other types of biomarkers like PHQ-9, GAD-7, uh, patient self-report data uh, and use that to inform treatment plans? Um, you know, I think a big issue in psychiatry is that it's just so hard to quantify outcomes and outcomes aren't really well quantified. Like it's hard to say you're getting better because and, it's self-reported and there's already confusion about what it is that you're even talking about. I mean, there's no objective reality. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of really interesting work being done in that area across phone-based biomarkers, voice-based biomarkers, um, other types of work like that, that help us say with a more, from a more quantifiable lens, you know, this is the, the progression of your condition. And I think that's really important for two reasons. Number one, it actually can inform better care decision-making because based on how your treatment is progressing, we can say, is this treatment effective or not? Uh, and should we pivot? Should we try something else? I mean, I think that's incredible, by the way. I, the idea that we could actually use voice, we could use other, you know, measurements, objective measurements, that, that alone would be absolutely incredible. Absolutely. So I think that has a huge area of potential. And I think the second piece there is not only can it inform better care, it can make people more confident about seeking care because it's this idea that, you know, I don't have this nebulous condition where I'm overthinking things and I'm, you know, uh, I'm ruminating and, you know, it's, it's not this like, okay, like I can just do that less or I can, you know, justify this as, you know, oh, I just need to do, you know, I, I need to do something else. It's, it's a real clinical condition. And like, we can actually quantify it and say, Hey, like, this is real. This is not just you, like, this is a real condition. And, um, you know, you should feel justified in seeking treatment. Um, and I think that's always been a big thing is, you know, people feeling guilty about seeking care or feeling like, you know, care is not for me. Like that's for really crazy people. And that's just not, that's just not true. Uh, and I think quantification of these, um, you know, and looking at physical and, and measurement-based tools to, to help people understand how they're feeling, uh, I think will empower people to seek care. So who, for anyone who's listening to this, what should they know about Prairie Health? Like, is this a service that they could use or, you know, what, what would you like people to understand? Yeah. So I think a couple things. So, you know, it's certainly not for everyone. Um, and, and that's, 
you know, there's several ways to seek care. I think there's, I kind of think about it in three layers. There's, you know, kind of wellness uh, and how do you maintain good mental hygiene, you know, things like calm and headspace and meditating and, and, you know, exercising, eating well, it's just good, healthy practice, right? That supports both your mental and physical health. And then there's therapy, which I think is a great place to start for a lot of people. Um, psychotherapy is generally very effective, especially if you have a strong therapeutic alliance with your therapist, although that's hard to do and a whole separate problem. Uh, and the third layer I think about is psychiatry, which is medication. And you know, medication isn't for everyone, but oftentimes in the literature shows that a combination of medication and therapy is most effective at driving the best outcome. And today, uh, for people, you know, many people have tried medication before. The number one place that medication is prescribed is actually in primary care. Um, and no wonder that most of the times these trial, you know, these trials don't end super well is because, you know, primary care doesn't really have the resources uh, to understand like what medication might be most appropriate. So, um, you know, especially for people in therapy today uh, who are considering, you know, what's the next step or if medication might be an appropriate choice, um, you know, Prairie is, is a great thing to consider, uh, especially if you're thinking about, you know, how, how do you want your care quantified? Like if you want coordination of care, if you want the best standard of care to drive the best outcomes. And so is it, I have a therapist now I ask my therapist to please you or my, my psychiatrist to please use Prairie health. Like how, how does it, what is the, like, like what's the workflow? Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So people can come in in a number of ways. Like you can reach us directly if you're feeling symptoms of anxiety and depression. Okay. Uh, you can reach us at, you know, our website and, and sign up for an appointment within a week with a board certified psychiatrist. Um, we can also connect you with therapy resources. We have a number of great therapy partners, but you can just reach us directly. There's no hoops to jump through and you can schedule an appointment and get a genetics test um, right Amazing. away. Amazing. Um, which is something that is a real challenge in, in mental health. So cool. Well, it's like six months out. So we, we think that accessibility is a really important part of the equation. So uh, you can just reach us directly. The other ways you can reach us are through your primary care physician. We have relationships with many primary care physicians who are aware of us and who are excited about the work we're doing um, and through your therapist. And if you work through your therapist or your primary care physician, uh, we have, so just to take a step back, we have our own set of in-house psychiatrists. Um, so you don't need to bring your psychiatrist. You don't need to bring a doc to us. Like we have a set of great board certified psychs that can work with your therapist or can work with your, uh, your primary care physician to make sure you get the best possible care. And, you know, this is like a somewhat of a tangent, but another related um, thing is many people in therapy who want to seek medication and, and, and you know, get both forms of care. Um, there's such a divide between therapy and psychiatry where it's like, I see, you see your therapist, you see your psychiatrist and they have no idea what's going on uh, in each other's domain. And uh, it's for a variety of reasons, mostly because of financial incentives uh, and because of the insurance system, you know, insurance doesn't pay a psychiatrist to spend 30 minutes talking to your therapist about wow. you know, how you're yeah. doing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes so, perfect sense. Um, but because we're kind of reinventing the, 
the system and thinking about putting the patient at the center of the system rather than the insurance company at the center of the system, uh, we can focus on coordination of care. So only if you'd like us to do this, of course, but um, we can coordinate care with your therapist. So your therapist knows how you're doing on medication and vice versa. So your psychiatrist knows how you're doing in therapy. And that actually has proven to really improve outcomes because you'll have all your mental health providers on the same page. That's so incredible. I mean, it's almost like you're trying to model for the entire industry how it could be. Like, imagine if we took this route, we use data, we brought these different pieces together, we're going to create a service that does that. And like, it should hopefully move outward from there for just get bigger and bigger for more people to work this way. It almost seems like you're trying to forge a new path. Absolutely. I think, you know, obviously we love for Prairie Health to be successful because we think that this is really going to move the needle for patients because we think that patients should be at the center of care and not any other stakeholder. But end of the day, I think what would make me happy and what would make me think that what we're doing is a success is if five, 10 years from now, what we're doing is standard of care across industry. Yeah, that, that, was, my, that was my read on it. Absolutely. So the, the genetics test, can you tell me about like, I, I assume we're still in the beginning stages of this, right? Like how much information can be understood from the genetics test and like what happens with that? Yeah, so genetic testing is a piece of the puzzle for us. Like we think about measurement-based care, we use machine learning on large clinical data sets. So there's other pieces to it, but just to focus on the genetic test for a bit, um, it's not everything. And I don't want to claim that it is. It's not like you take a genetic test and you get the perfect medication at the perfect dosage and you get better. Like that's not what the genetic test is. What the genetic test is today is it can tell us more information about your body and how you metabolize medication. So it can tell us about um, the uh, your metabolizer phenotype and how you respond and interact with medication. So that can help us reduce dosage or increase dosage and make more informed decisions that are relevant to your body. Um, it can help us prevent adverse drug reactions and side effects, uh, especially severe side effects. Um, and it can help shorten the time from starting treatment to finding the right treatment. And that's the real advantage. Uh, it's not Again, I don't want to claim it's everything because it's certainly not, um, but genetic testing. Um, but it's something, and it's, it's a lot something. more than it's already out there. So that's pretty amazing. Exactly. Um, I think that's so fantastic. I'm such a fan of what you're doing. Can you tell me a little bit about as working in this now? It's been, what, a couple of years? How many years have you been doing this? So it's been about two years now. Okay, that's what I thought. So how has your own relationship with this topic changed from your perspective and everything that you've learned? Yeah, wow. That's such a huge question. I think my perspective on the industry has changed a ton about what is really holding the industry back and what are the incentives in place that don't align well with patients. And that being the driver of the fact that we're making such little progress. I, I think my own, my relationship with my own mental health has changed and thinking about, you know, in building Prairie and thinking about how do we deliver better mental health care um, and how do we do better uh, for other people who are struggling. I think 
something that we don't do a lot of is looking inwards. I was going to ask you, can you give some examples of how it's affected you personally or like what? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. You know, I think it's been really difficult to take a step back being honest. I think it's, you know, we're so in the weeds every day focusing on, you know, all the things that we have to do to push things forward um, in a complicated, you know, difficult business. Um, it's hard to take a step back and think about, wow, like I am stressed out of my mind every day, like, you know, tons of anxiety. It's hard to take a step back and unplug and really take care of myself. Um, and I think a big win for me actually was last weekend over, uh, over the long weekend, uh, I managed to go to Hawaii for <gasps> and take a vacation for, yeah. Yeah, for the first time and Good. Uh, who knows how long. And I think it's just a reminder that like, there's only so much, you know, we need to practice what we preach, you know, and there's only so much that we can do if we're not taking care of ourselves. Um, yeah, that's so. a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge for all of us who work in this sort of mental health tech world is you still have a lot of tech in there. You still have a lot of business building. So I applaud you for for even just bearing it in mind and, and working on it. It's not easy. Um, I'm also, I think we talked about this on the phone last time, but what are the things that you're looking for? Like if you could just wave a magic wand, like, hey world, we need this. Like what is it that you most would like for support for Prairie? Yeah. Um, I think a big piece is, um, I mean, we'd always love to have, um, I, I think at this point in, in our journey, we'd love to have a bit more exposure um, because we, we want people to know about what we're doing. We don't want to know me too. When I talked to you, I was like, this is fantastic. People need to know about this. I'll like, do what I can to spread the word. <laughs> well, thank you, Meredith. We're, you know, our team, you know, we're not a team of marketers and business people. We're a team of engineers and scientists. And, you know, end of the day, we try our best with, you know, how to reach people and how to make sure we, we get the message out there. But um, what we really care about is delivering better care pushing forward the science. I mean, it's all the good stuff, really. I think that's also why my heart went out is like, oh my goodness, you're doing all of the important hard work, all of the engineering work, all of the research, all the data science. And it's like, come on, people, we got to get people out there who are storytellers to like start fitting into this because it's such great work. Thank you. Um, And I appreciate that. So I think just getting a bit more reach so that you know, we are able to tell people, Hey, like this is something that can really help you. Um, I think that's, that's always really helpful. Um, what are some of your favorite sources of new information? Um, it could, I, usually I ask about anxiety, but it could be whatever, whatever topics, like how do you, how do you get information? Yeah. You know, honestly, a lot of my information now comes through conversations with people like you, uh, experts, um, across the industry, uh, make sure to stay really close to, um, to people with who are really sources of authority. So I, I, kind of a, in a privileged position in that respect, uh, but that's, uh, that's been, but it, and it will only grow. I mean, that's the thing about sort of getting plugged into a new field and making those connections. It does take a lot of time to get there. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I love that kind of primary information about like, what are you experiencing? What are you feeling on the ground? Uh, but other than that, I think, 
you know, the biggest area uh, for me and, you know, as, as academic, I think is, um, you know, the newest papers on mental health studies and, and progress uh, looking at PubMed, uh, you know, we're still so literally just looking at PubMed regularly and seeing what's coming out. Yeah. I mean, we, we stay really close with, with that. And I think other than that, I, I also love hearing people's stories from the community and like, what are people really feeling? What are the problems they're facing? Uh, what are the needs that people have? So blogs, you know, podcasts like this and um, stories that people tell um, online, like about their journey. That's, that always like really resonates with me because, um, you know, I, every story that I read, I like, I really empathize with because I, you know, I see like the problems are so consistent and, you know, we, we have to do something to, to solve them. Is there a topic you might've seen on my list of little format that I always have this moment where I try to give my guests a chance to speak about something they don't normally get to speak about. Do you, is there anything like that for you? That is something that you've been like, God, this isn't, I don't get to talk about this, but I want to say something here. <laughs> um, you know, I haven't, I haven't given that too much thought. I think quantifying mental health care and, and the work that we're doing is probably the, the biggest area um, that I, I always can't get enough of talking more. I about. feel you. No, I totally feel you. Um, um, but- yeah, but but I think you know just one thing that uh, that you did kind of hint at I think is is founder mental health in general, and I think that's um, you know it's something that uh, I don't think too much about on a regular basis, but you know I think is is something that um, you know I think deserves more attention, um, and because it's. I think people in medicine in general and like doctors, sometimes they, they don't look at their own health, even though they're doctor you know, healed thyself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's that same idea in, in, um, uh, in startups, you know, you're thinking about like, how do you solve the needs of others? Um, and I think it definitely, uh, you know, it, that focus on others sometimes comes at the expense of like thinking about your own well-being and the demands of you know building and building a new company and and just everything that happens in those early startup years is exactly diametrically opposed to mental health i mean it it is like the long days the long nights the 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 constant obsessive focus on product market fit. I mean, it, I just think that there's, it's just like a natural challenge to live what you're trying to work on, live what you're trying to solve the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. And and related to that, you know, it's gotten me thinking about like, what's a healthy model of work that we can deploy across the company. And I'm always thinking about that, about, you know, we're thinking about caring for others, but how do I think better about like, let's not use these plug and play models for how to run a business. Like, let's think about what are ways in which, you know, employees of Prairie Health, founders of Prairie Health, you know, people related to Prairie Health are taken care of and making sure that they have the resources they need to support their own mental health. And, you know, sustainable, like basically it all has to be sustainable. The entire system has to be sustainable. And obviously in many ways, it's not sustainable right now, but even the system of creating a new business and working on solving these problems needs to be sustainable as well. Absolutely. 
Do you have a latest win? I just always, I get very excited when I hear about someone's win. <laughs> well, my biggest win and thing that's always on my mind is uh, over the past week has been Hawaii. <laughs> like getting away, getting a tan, getting some vitamin D and getting out of the office uh, and out you of- You seem happier than the last time I talked to you. I feel like you're smiling more. I hope you get to take more breaks. I, I think it was just a wake up call that like, <laughs> you know, grinding away, staring at my MacBook 24 seven is, uh, is not the best for me. And it's ultimately not going to be the best for others if I'm not performing. Well, and it, um, it's going to limit your ability to create, uh, have creative connections. Like if you can get a little bit of a break, all of a sudden more ideas, more solutions, more perspective comes flying in. That's certainly hard to do. Yeah, it's so hard to put that into perspective that, you know, breaks, if anything, can be an accelerant and a good thing. Um, you know, That's well put. Breaks can be an accelerant. That's a well put. Yeah. Um, Maurice, I want to thank you so much for the work you do and for taking the time to talk to me. I've really enjoyed it and I'm going to be sharing it with people who I know are really interested in the space. So I just hope we can get more people knowing about Prairie. Thanks, Meredith, and really appreciate your time as well.